How's all the dads this morning? You guys good? Yeah. Some of the dads aren't here though because it's Father's Day. You can do what you want. I'm staying home, right? It's, it's okay. Those of you guys that made it, give yourselves a round of applause. Dads, you made it to church. Good job. Hey, are you, are you guys awake this morning? You guys seem a little bit quiet. Is it, how's everybody? I just want to give the temperature of the room. Okay. That's what I like to hear. Turn to someone next to you and give them a happy Father's Day. It doesn't matter if they're a dad because everybody has a dad. Somehow, physically, you have to have had a father. So, happy Father's Day. All right. Love on somebody. Give a happy Father's Day. You guys still seem a little bit quiet to me. Are you guys okay? You guys are here this morning? You guys are awake? It's Father's Day. It's Hawaii. Come on. It's a beautiful day. All right. There we go. Thank you. Yes. I love to hear it. Well, welcome to church. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the response is for that. Like, thank you, Pastor Carl. Um, but can I just, I want to pray for all the dads in our lives right now, whether you're a dad in the room, whether you have a dad, we're just going to celebrate that role because it's important. It's amazing. We wouldn't all be here. None of us would be here without having a dad of some sort in some way. And I know that some of you guys have incredible relationships with your dads or you are a great dad. Some of you guys, it's a, it's a touchy subject on Father's Day, and I want to acknowledge that as well. Some of us were not in touch with our dads, or we don't remember our dads, or we never really were raised with a dad, but the deal is that God has put people in your life that have helped fill in the gap of dad. I know that. I know that you have coaches and mentors and teachers and people, uncles that just come, came alongside, and so we're going to honor that, the spiritual fathers that, that God has given us, not to mention the greatest father that we all have, that we all share together, our heavenly father, and all that he does, because some of us, we don't know what a real dad looks like, but thank God for the word of God and his love and his Holy Spirit that shows us this is how a father should love their kids, right? And so we're going to pray right now and just thank God for all the dads. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you on Father's Day. We thank you for all the fathers, the dads in our lives, and Lord, those of us that carry that mantle and that role, Lord, thank you for the, the honor and the privilege that we have to be called dad to someone out there. And Lord, the fact that you've given us the greatest gift in, in kids. And Lord, we just want to say thank you right now for every dad, even the dads that aren't so great dads or, or that we never knew or whatever. Lord, we're, we're thankful that we're here and that we have this chance at life because of them. And Lord, we're thankful for those um, spiritual fathers or just uh, personal mentors, teachers, coaches, guys in our life that spoke into our, our lives. We're thankful for them as well on Father's Day. And, and Lord, we celebrate you on this Father's Day. And we tell you, uh, thank you, and happy Father's Day to you for all that you are to us. As we sang this morning, you are a good, good father, Lord, and we're blessed by you and to know you. And so we just celebrate dads today, and we thank you for them. We thank you for the fathers and everywhere on planet Earth and, and even in the heavens above who you are to us, Lord. Uh, be blessed on this Father's Day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, as a special gift, just to let you guys know on the way out the door today, well, after you get into the courtyard um, we wanted to do something special for everybody to celebrate the dads, so everybody gets free root beer floats today after service. Is that good? Gets fired up on that one? Nothing like some ice cream and some soda in the morning, you know, to get your juices moving or whatever, but um, well, let's get into the word today because we're in the series, and the series is called Talking About My Generation, and it's uh, how God is with us and how he responds to us and how we respond to him through every generation and age uh, season of our lives. And we started off, Pastor Tom talked about little kids and the importance that Jesus has in childlike faith and how we're to treat them and love on them and be like them. 
And then last week, uh, Pastor Rob spoke at this service. I actually was on vacation, but I live streamed it at home from my bed because I was on vacation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to take some time off. And I was like, I'm just going to watch from my bed. It was so awesome. Now I know how all you lazy people feel like when you're, oh, I live streamed it. Yeah. Anyway, I watched Pastor Rob last week, and he gave a great word on, on the youth and the young adults. And we, we're kind of moving up in the generations. And this week, we're talking about adulthood, when we, be, when we all become mature, or people call us mature, but we're not really mature, but it's the adult season of our life generation, and next week, we're going to talk about the golden years, the retirement years, when, when kind of all the business kind of slows down, the mortgage is paid off, you retire, you got time to travel, and it's a good season of life, different season of life, because the kids are out of the house already, empty nesters, right? And all you get is the goodness of the grandkids. So you bring the grandkids home and you give them right back. You bring them home and you give them back. And that's a great time, right? They start, you made a mess in your diaper, you're throwing a fit, time to go back to mom. And those are some great years and we're gonna talk about those years next week. But today we're gonna be talking about the season of adulthood. And there's a scripture I wanna read to you guys from Psalm 91. Now, a little backstory on Psalms, because Psalms is one of the greatest books of the Bible. Psalms are literally poems or songs or hymns written to God and about God and about his greatness, and there's some awesome Psalms in there, super encouraging. If you haven't ever looked into Psalms, go read the book of Psalms. But there's about 150 Psalms total. If you read in the Bible, there's 150 Psalms. Half of them were written by King David. And you guys all know the story, David and Goliath, the little kid, fought the giant, grew up to be the greatest king of Israel ever, man after God's own heart, it says years later in Acts. But David wrote half of them. And then there's, he wrote 75 of them. Then there's about 48 Psalms that we don't know who wrote. There's no, there's no mention of an author and we're not really sure. Could be David, we just don't know because it doesn't give credit to an author. But then there's a few others. There's about five other authors of the book of Psalms that wrote some of these amazing, powerful uh, poems and songs and hymns to God. And this one I'm gonna read from you right now is from Psalm 90. And Psalm 90 is interesting. It's probably the oldest psalm. It was written by Moses. It was literally written like a thousand years before some of the other um, psalms in the book of Psalms, like way, way before, like 1400 BC, 1440 BC, around there. Moses is in the process of leading the Israelites um, uh, through the wilderness and all the years of, of just looking and finding God into the promised land. And he writes this psalm, and it's pretty powerful. And it's, it's what we've been talking about in this series on generations and how God is always around. And I want you to hear this in Psalm 90, verse 1. Moses writes this, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. And that's a good word for us today is to remember that every stage in our life, no matter what age we're at, that God is not just a place that we can return to and call home. I think the word home doesn't do full justice. Really what the original Hebrew word means is that God, in all of our ages and all of our ups and downs from the moment we're born till we die, if we follow Jesus Christ and we know him, that it's not that he's just our home. Really the word is this, our dwelling place. In other words, as Christians, we don't just talk about the fact that, well, you know, I'm getting closer to God. Well, if you're a Christian and, you're, and you have the Lord in your life, there isn't, there isn't really a fact of like, I'm farther from God, I'm closer to God. What the scripture is telling us here and in many other places is that God is actually our dwelling place, meaning that our lives are completely in him. 
We don't just get closer to him. We're already in him. Then you fast forward to the New Testament where God gave us his Holy Spirit who is now God in us. And this is the cool thing is, is even when you're a little kid or a teenager and you're, you're experiencing the miracles of God and the blessing and you're excited about God, then you come into this adulthood stage where life gets kind of busy, that he's the same God, that he's always been there with you and he's, he's always with you and, and you're in him whether you really recognize it or not. Does that make sense? So it's like, in all the generations, God, you're our home, our dwelling place. Verse 10 says, 70 years are given to us on earth, right? Average people, 70 is pretty long. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble, and soon they disappear and we fly away. In other words, Moses is saying, life is not that long, and it's actually kind of hard. Even the best years have pain in them. And then in verse 12, I love this, so important. In the New King James Version, it says, so teach us, Lord, to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What he's saying here is, Lord, let us enjoy and make the most of our time that we have here on earth and use our time wisely. Now, I want to lock that in your head a little bit and in your heart, and I want to speak to that a little bit by getting your attention by, by taking this out that you probably sat on. It looks like this. A little paper ruler here. Everybody take it out. Just look at it. Hold it up. And basically, it's got, it's basically in increments of zero to a hundred. And um, this is what I want you to do for a minute here based on this verse. I want you to find your age on the timeline and maybe fold it right at your age so it's got a little crease on it. I want you to rip it off right there. So for Pastor Carl, 46 years old. Ouch! 46 years old and I tear that off. Now, Moses just said we were given 70 maybe 80 years. And now we put 100 because we think some of you guys like to do a lot of push-ups and eat kale and stuff like that. And you're like, I'm going to be 100, yeah. But the reality is I just read a statistic that said, on average, the American, the U.S. citizen life expectancy is 79 years old. So if you're practical and you look at things in the realistic point of view like me, I'm going to go ahead and tear that off at 79 years old because that's basically the average. Now, what you have left is the number of your days. It's the number of your years, and that's heavy to look at. Think of how many have gone by. Some of you guys, it's like super short, right? Some of you guys, maybe it's long or whatever. Either way, what you're faced with and what you're left with right here is the number of years that you most likely have left. And see, the Bible is saying it's good to think about the number of days that you have on planet Earth. It's good to realize that God's with you in every generation and that, yes, life is hard work, but make the most of it. Life is short. You can make the most of it at every age. Keep this thing. Remind yourself of this. Put this in your Bible. Take this home and remind yourself, man, I got this much time left on planet Earth. I better do something worthwhile with it. So what we're talking about right now, for the majority of the people in this room, we're going to talk about the adult age. We're not going to talk about the kids or the young adults or, or college age, and we're not going to talk about the golden years after. We're talking about right now the season that I would say is probably about mid to late 20s all the way to about uh, 50s, mid 50s. Because before that, you're kind of young. You may not have even moved out of the house. You don't have really uh, all of the career set yet. You're doing part-time jobs. You're going to school, all of that. You're not established there. Life isn't truly, truly busy. But later on, you end this kind of busy season. And like I said, retirement, mortgages paid off. Things get a little bit easier, empty nesters. But in this stage of life, how many of you are in your mid-late 20s to early 50s in the room right now? How many of you guys are, okay, I'm talking to the majority of the folks in here right now, myself included. I was praying about this message and I said, God, in this generation, what do you want me to talk to you? What's the biggest thing that we need to hear? First word that I thought of was busy. 
Man, we're busy. We got stuff. Like when I was younger, I didn't have to worry about all the different things I have in my life. But this is a busy generation. And so that was the first word that came to mind. And then God gave me another word. But I want to hold off on that. I want to tell you what the official definition of adult is, this age group that we're talking about. Here's what the Webster's Dictionary says. It says, adult is a person who is fully grown or developed, grown up, and mature. Now, let's be honest, none of us are really grown up, right? Like, mo most of us are not super grown Like, I'll be 80 years old, and I'm not going to be a grown up. Like, I just know in my head, until I see this side of heaven, the other side of heaven, then I'm fully grown and, you know, perfect and all that. But what I'm talking about here is this generation that, that we're in this adulting years. We're, we're grown up. We're like, we're not little kids anymore. We're having to deal with big issues in life. Now there's this other word that I titled the sermon with, this word adulting, that is kind of a newer uh, terminology that has come up in social media and the news lately. Are you guys familiar with that word, adulting, hashtag adulting? No, it's kind of funny. Here's what the Urban Dictionary says adulting is. It says, it means to do grown-up things and hold responsibilities such as a nine-to-five job, mortgage, rent, a car payment, or anything else that makes one think of grown-ups. In other words, doing things that an adult is expected to do, hashtag adulting. Now, here's the controversy, though, because this is funny, is that the younger generation, like the early ones, tend to use it a lot, and the older ones that are in the adult years kind of scoff at it and make fun of it. And let me give you an example. You look on social media, and someone says, um, uh, hey, I did my own laundry today, hashtag adulting. And all of the real adults that have been doing laundry for years for themselves, their spouse, and their kids are scoffing at you and mocking you. But the young one, like, I'm 22 years old and like, oh, man, I prepared my own bagel this morning. Hashtag adulting. And the rest of us are like, what? And you see some of these young ones, 22 years old, oh, my gosh, our, our newborn was up all night, you know, make, kept us awake and everything. And then you hear the mom with six kids that are grown and they're putting some through college. And they just go, oh, really? Adulting, huh? That's a rough one for you, right? So there's all this controversy with this word adulting, but I just love it. I think it's funny. I just love to go on social media and watch people like complain about it. It's funny. But the reality is we're describing right now these years of our life that are busy. And like I said, I asked God, God, what do you want me to talk about? Busyness? And God said this to me. He said, no, actually, Carl, busy is not what it's all about. But I'm like, but, but God, this is, the, this is the time of life where we're actually settling down with someone, finding the love of our life, going through marriage, going through like divorce, separation, hurt, pain. There's people dealing with a lot of stuff. This is the heavy years of our life. And this is when kids come on the scene and we got to take them to all the different things. I have three kids and there was times in my life when each one was at different schools and each one had different uh, after school extracurricular sports and activities. And we're just constantly driving around kids all the time, just all different places. And this is the years of, of, of mortgage. And this is the year of car payments and comparing yourself to the people down the street. They have a nicer car or bigger house or whatever. These are the years of uh, where diet and exercise really matters. You guys know what I'm talking about? Remember in your early, like early 20 years old, your metabolism was firing. And now you're fat, right? <laughs> like you're just like, wow, I can eat a whole cake right now. And then suddenly the adulthood comes on. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> Tubby, you know? And so you're dealing with a, a whole different set of rules here. Big, crazy words that we never knew even before. Escrow, equity. Like, what does that mean, you know? Like, it's a whole different networking, climbing the ladder, making connections, working on your career, building all of this stuff in life. These, I got to say, are the busiest years of life. And God said, no, it's not about busy. What do you mean? And basically, God said this. Busy is okay. Busy is normal. In this season of life, busy is necessary and busy is expected. But here's the word he gave me. 
The problem is when you let the busyness of life distract you from what's important in life, distraction is the problem. So today we're gonna talk about distraction. Is that we're all in this busy season of life, but life is short and life is busy, but guess what, life can be awesome. And don't let distraction kill your thrill. That's what I'm gonna talk about today. Write that one down, don't let distraction kill your thrill. In your adulting years and all the busyness you have going on, look, busy is normal, expect it. That's just what the season is about. But when you let it distract you from things that are so important, that's when your life wastes away and you look at this and you're like, where is my life gone? It's terrible and you complain and, and you don't know what's going on. So we're gonna talk about um, remembering the thrill in our lives of, of what life throws at us. And I want you to write down three things and um, just kind of jot them down. We're gonna, you can take notes on them. We're gonna talk about them. But the first one is this, remember the thrill of God. Remember the thrill of God in the midst of your busyness and distraction Remember that if you let him, God can be your peace. God can be your joy. God can be your source of strength. God can be the one that gives you motivation to get out of bed in the morning. The one that gives you the energy after a long day, a long week, a long year of working, some of us, that God is there to do all these things, to protect us, to give us the energy that we need. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says it really good. Just a reminder of where we're at. In the message version, I just love these scriptures he says, are you tired? Yes. <laughs> are you worn out? Yep, I get worn out a lot. Are you burned out on religion? Yes, I am. Let me tell you this, guys. As a pastor, I'm burned out on religion. I get burned out on religion all the time because religion is different from what Christianity is all about. Religion is us trying to be good people and do all these good things and tick off the list and reach out to this God and try to impress him and be holy enough to be in his good graces. That's religion. But relationship in Christianity is where God says, no, I'm reaching out to you because I love you and I have grace and I'm gonna bless your life. Just stay close to me. It's not about all the things you do. It's just who you are. So Jesus goes, are you, are you tired, burned out, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Those are incredible words right there. Real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, there's two words that I really love in the Bible. Two words that are used quite often and the first word is the word Sabbath. See, Jesus said, hey, remember the thrill of me, of relationship of God. Like, come to him. In the midst of your busy life, make sure you're taking time to hang out with me because it's cool when I give you real rest. And in fact, there's this word Sabbath that means once a week you would take an entire day just to, to relax, put everything off your mind, spend some time with God. The word Sabbath means to cease, to stop, to quit, and just focus on resting and reviving and, and worshiping and honoring God. And the second word that's so awesome, Sabbath is one. The second word is Selah, S-E-L-A-H. And basically the word Selah is similar to the word Sabbath. It basically means to pause, to rest, and to think about and literally, it's made up of several different Hebrew words into one word. So it's to pause, to think about, and also to, to weigh or to, to measure the value of something. In other words, you stop and you think and you look at your life and go, now what's most important? What, is, what should I prioritize? What's of most value? And in the process, it's to glorify God. So basically, you're stopping, you're going to Jesus, you're going to God, 
and you're just evaluating your life, just pushing else, everything else out on the side and just remembering to spend some time with God and to glorify him. Man, there's nothing more refreshing than getting that real rest. I love my days off. I take advantage of them, my Sabbath days. I just had a week of vacation. I went away to a conference in D.C. for a week, had a good time with my wife, got fed some amazing um, just scriptural downloads and knowledge from, from awesome speakers and all that. My God was speaking to me, but then I came back and I took a whole week of summer just to be with my kids because they're off. And I just, that's why I look a little bit browner, yeah? Because I was in the ocean, I was in the pool, I was doing all that, and I embraced those times. Those, those are thrilling times to me. The words real rest, man, I just get pumped when I hear that. Like, yes, I need that. I need that break. And Jesus is saying, just hang out with me and learn to live freely and lightly. And see, there's times that I'm like you. I wake up in the morning and I'm just burdened by life. There's, there's mornings, if you catch me like early in the morning when I wake up, you'd be bummed that like, oh, what? You're, you're not a very good pastor. You're not a very good Christian. And here's the reason. As I wake up some days defeated. I wake up some days first thing in the morning feeling anxiety, feeling bummed out, feeling stressed, feeling overwhelmed, feeling fearful of having to go into my day. But here's what I do. I roll over, grab my phone, open up my YouVersion Bible app, and I start reading about the goodness of God. I start getting into my devotions. I start talking to him a little bit. And suddenly, where Jesus said, live freely and lightly, suddenly some of the stress and fear begins to wash off. Get dressed, get ready in the morning, jump into the shower. That's my prayer closet. That's where I'm alone with my thoughts, the water, and the Holy Spirit. And I just give everything to God. God, take all of this. I'm scared today. I'm worried today. I'm depressed that I'm this and that. And everything begins to wash off. And I get the kids to school and I do my thing and oftentimes I, I drive on my way up to church to the office and I'll throw in worship music. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but our worship team is amazing and they love Jesus with all their hearts and they wrote an album, a CD last year called With You and man, I put that thing on repeat. It's so good. But what it is, is I throw that in my car. It's available. You can probably get it in here or online or something like that. But I listen to worship music. I get into the word and I get into prayer and download and Suddenly, here's what I find is, by the time I get into work, I'm a different person than the guy that woke up in bed that morning. You guys know what I'm saying here? Is that remember the thrill of God in the midst of your busyness in life. I wake up fearful in bed. I get into the word. I get into prayer. I get into worship. I get to the office, and I'm frothing. You know what I'm saying? Fearful to frothing. Write that down. I'm frothing. I'm like, bring it on. Let's go. Staff meeting right now. I'm adulting so hard right now. Like, I'm like, oh, come on, God, let's do this thing. Let's grow the church. Let's reach people for Jesus. Let's come up with new plans. Let's write some new sermons. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because all it took was me to get rid of all the busyness and just spend some time remembering the thrill that I get from knowing God as my Lord and my Savior. Amen? See, some of us, we forgot. When's the last time you spent really good time with the Lord? When's the last time you were thrilled to be in worship? thrilled to be in the word of God. Now, I don't mean just you go to church, you read the Bible, you stand in the worship service as worship is happening. That doesn't mean you're engaged. See, we need to remember to fully engage and go, wait, God is awesome. God's good. The God that I met back when I was in high school in those years in my life that was doing miracles and it fired me up on Jesus and I wanted to tell all my friends about him and I loved going to youth group and I loved reading the Bible. He's the same God today. He has been the God through every generation. He is my dwelling place. He's still there if I take the time to repent of my busyness and distraction, to give him all of my worries, concerns, and the hidden sins that I just kind of bookmark in my life. You guys know what I'm saying by that? Is like I recognize that I probably got to deal with this issue, and so I, I file it away and I bookmark it. I'll come back to that later. 
I get so distracted, I never go back to that. Don't bookmark your issues. Go to God and remember how thrilling it is when he says, hey, awesome, thanks for giving that to me. I'm not gonna judge you. I'm more than happy to take that away. I was waiting for you to give those to me. Watch how good I'm gonna be in your life. Amen? So remember the thrill of God. Here's the second, second thing that I have for you is remember the thrill of who you are. Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 29. This is important because too many of us, we go through these busy seasons of life and we just kind of sign out to some, some of the things that we used to do in our lives and used to think and used to, used to be a part of our lives. And we're like, well, I'm a busy mom now and my job as a mom is just, you know, making food for my kids, taking care of them, getting them to school, doing that. And it's like, then I'm busy. You forget all the friendships that you used to have. You forget all of the hopes and the dreams that you used to have, the hobbies that you used to like to do. Now, I understand that this is a busy season of life, but you have to intentionally prioritize the things that are important. Otherwise, distraction with everything else kills your life. You can do all of that, but remember who God created you to be uniquely, your personality, your identity, the stuff that, that you used to love to do, the friends you used to hang out with. Remember that. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 29, he says, what's the price of two sparrows, two tiny little birds? How much are they worth? One copper coin? In other words, a penny, like something small? But he goes, not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing about it. In other words, God knows everything that's going on. And he says, those tiny little birds, he knows about them. They're valuable. He says, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Every one of us, God knows exactly how many hairs are on our head and how many are falling out day to day as the, as the day is going on. Oh no, right? But he knows everything about you. And then Jesus says this, so don't be afraid because you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. When I read this, what it's saying to me is that God made me and he knows everything about me and every part of me, every hair on my head to him is super valuable. That means uh, the person that you once were before the busy season came on, God made you that way on purpose. Don't lose that because that's still who you are. Don't lose the, the friendship connections. Don't lose the stuff that you like to do in life. And, and let me put it this way. Remember to balance your roles. What I mean by roles is that this. I have a lot of different roles. I'm not just Carl Moore, lead pastor of Anchor Church. That's just one of my roles. That's just part of my life. That's one thing I do. And if I make that everything about my life, then I'm out of balance and I'm forgetting who God created me to be because one of my other roles is Carl Moore, the husband to Kanani Moore. And I have an awesome relationship with my wife and I need to be having date nights and I need to be talking, communicating with her and texting all day long. I need to make sure that that role is strong as well. The other one is Carl Moore, the father, that he's a dad to Isaac. I took him out surfing for two and a half hours yesterday and I hang out with my little nine-year-old Sam and we draw pictures together that I check in with, with my oldest daughter, 19 years old. How are you doing with your boyfriend? Keeping it clean? Keeping it good? Okay, good. How's work going? How's school going? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I have that other role as well. But I also have the other role of Carl Moore friend. That means sometimes I hang out with people and I'm not ministering to anybody. I'm off the clock and I'm just hanging out and being who I am. I'm Carl Moore the surfer. I get to go surfing sometimes. Carl Moore who has his own hobbies. You guys get what I'm saying in this? Let, let, me, let me put it this way. Maybe write this question down for yourself in remembering the thrill of who you are. Write this question down. What or who fulfills you? What or who fulfills you? 
So I look at myself, I wrote down, surfing, I love surfing, it's so fun. Diving for shells is fun. I like reading like uh, mystery novels and spy novels, fiction books, not even ministry Jesus books, that's part of it. But sometimes I just wanna read like a, a good spy novel or something like that. Or I love movies, you guys know that, I'm always referencing movies. I love to watch movies, it just like, it's so fulfilling and relaxing for me. Some of you guys, it's social media. And some of us would say, oh, social media is of the devil, it's bad, it's blah, blah, blah. Look, I get that, there's some, there's some junk on there. But for some of you guys, it's your way to connect with friends that you're literally so distracted and busy in life with, you get on there every day and you're having a good conversation with friends you haven't seen in years, you don't have the time to talk to them, but you're being fulfilled. Does, does that make sense, guys? What is it that fulfills you? It, it may be different. Some of you are foodies. You love to go around and eat food and, and do all of that. Some of you, it's hiking. You know, some of you, it's just alone time. It could be uh, a hobby. Maybe you just like to fix stuff. In your, maybe you just want to be in a biker gang. I don't know what you want to be in. But here's the deal. What is it that fulfills you? And here's the answer to that. Here's some wisdom. Ready for that? What is it that fulfills you? Here's the answer. Do more of that. <laughs> Real simple. Just do more of that. In this busy season of life, make sure you're balancing your roles and do the stuff that fulfills you. Because God said, I know everything about you and some of the stuff that I created about you is so awesome and you're not using it right now because you're so distracted by what doesn't matter so much. Whoa, crazy. Now here's the other question to write down. What is it or who is it that drains you? What are the things that you do that you're just like, oh, I'm so drained. For me, overworking. If I work too much long hours and I have a tendency to do this, I'm a hard worker, have a strong work ethic, I'll come into the office some days and just get on the computer and do my thing and be meetings and all, all this. I forget to eat meals. I come home at the end of the day and Kanani's like, so what'd you eat today? I'm like, oh, I don't even know. Like, I didn't even eat all day long. But I find that when I work long hours and I do all of this without taking breaks, I burn myself out and I'm of no use to my kids and my wife at the end of the day and I'm just feeling drained all the time. Or maybe it's people, right? People drain me. You know who you are. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's people we have in our lives sometimes, they, they, they talk all the time, blah, 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 right? And, and then they don't listen when you try to share something or people are speaking negative stuff in our minds and our thoughts and we're just like, drainers, you're drainers. Drink some Drano. No, that's a, <laughs> drainers, you're drainers. But here's the deal. Find out who and what drains you and here's the word of advice, do less of that. <laughs> Do less of that. That God is saying, I've created you to be you. Do you. You do you. Remember the identity that I've given you and keep feeding into that because it's powerful in our lives. There's a, there's a show that I was watching on Netflix because I love to look for these cool, unique shows that speak to me. There's this show, this series called The Kindness Diaries. Has anybody ever seen this show? It's about this guy right here. And basically the premise of the show is he bought this old World War II uh, sidecar painted it yellow, he named it Kindness One or something like that. And his whole deal is he made his way across the United States and then actually around the world based on the kindness of other people. In other words, no money, he was just gonna make his way around the world on people's kindness and generosity. And so he literally starts off and he drives his, until his tank is empty, finds a small town in America or whatever, and he just goes, hey, um, I'm doing this thing based on kindness and would you help me fill gas for my little vehicle here? Would you give me some food because I'm hungry? You got any extra clothes or jacket? Um, can I stay at your house tonight? <laughs> he literally just goes around on the kindness of others. And he goes all the way around the world. He made it around the world documenting his efforts. And I was like blown away at this thing. But here's what really speaks to me about remember who you are and remember who God created you to be. This guy isn't just some weird vagabond that has no money and he's just trying to get a free ride. 
you know, the reality of, of it is this guy was a stockbroker on Wall Street. He made a millions of dollars. He made a killing. He's a rich man, businessman, and he decided one day, this isn't who I really am, and I want to get out of the rat race and all of this, and I want to go and rediscover and remember that there is kindness in humanity, and I want to remember who I really am created to be, so I'm going to go on this thing around the world. Now, here's what's cool. As he goes around the world and he he stops with certain people, and some people are amazingly generous to him. Some of them, you can tell people are believers. They're like, we do this because we love God. And you see in their house, there's all kind of scriptures and cool stuff. And he, the people that are especially kind and generous to him, at the end of the, the episode or whatever, he goes, oh, by the way, thanks, you guys put me up. You gave me food. You gave me all, all this stuff. Man, you're exceptionally generous. I want to reward that because I'm not just a traveling vagabond wanderer. I'm actually a rich guy. And because of your generosity, I want to return the favor. And you know, he's like dropping $10,000 onto orphanages and he's buying books for underprivileged kids and he's, he's helping people buy vehicles. And one guy, he paid for a, a trip. This one guy's son was getting married in Ireland and the family didn't have any money to go to his own son's wedding. And so the guy goes, I'm going to pay for you and your wife to go have a great vacation and watch your son get married in Ireland. He just does all of these cool things. But hold, the whole deal is that he didn't lose sight of who he was created to be. He said, man, I'm not, it's not all about money. Life isn't just about making mom, money. It's about making memories. And I'm going to remember who I am. So here's my word. Don't lose your identity while you're so busy adulting. Don't lose who you are. And here's the third one. Just remember the thrill of the mission. Now, what is the mission? Remember the thrill of the mission. Remember the, the thrill of the mission that God has given us. Well, what is that? Re- refresh us, Carl. Remind us. Well, there's a couple things in scripture that are called great, that the Bible calls great. The Bible describes it as like, these things are so great. In fact, one of them is just the greatest. And we're wondering what those are. Well, one of them was this, the greatest commandment. That someone came up to Jesus and said, what's the most important thing that I should know about the kingdom of heaven and how to have salvation and live my life to the fullest? And Jesus said, okay, well, here's what you need to do. And it's called the greatest commandment. And in essence, in a nutshell, it says this, love God and love other people. That's it. it. comes down to love. Jesus said all the law, the prophets, everything in scripture, the whole Bible, it's based on this. You love God and you love other people. Greatest commandment. Now here's one of the other great things is the great commission. You ever heard of the great commission? Great commission is Jesus' famous last words before leaving planet earth and going to be with the Father in heaven, getting, getting heaven ready for us when we go up there someday. He said this, hey guys, you're my followers. I want you to remember this. And it's the Great Commission. And basically what he said is, go tell everybody about Jesus. Go love people into the kingdom, right? Go into all the world making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the commands that I've given you. And behold, I'm with you till the end of the age. Basically, Jesus said in the greatest commandment, love God, love other people. In the Great Commission, go out there and love people closer to Jesus. Now, this is our mission. C.S. Lewis said this, the church, sometimes Christians, we've forgotten that this is part of our life. We're so busy thinking about us that we need to keep one eye on what we do and one eye on the people that need Jesus. C.S. Lewis wrote this awesome quote. The church, meaning God's people, representing Jesus Christ here on earth, that's you and me, can't get away from it. It exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, then all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. You and I have a mission, and some of us have forgotten about that. 
I get it that we are busy and it's expected to be busy in this stage of our lives, but we've forgotten that part of the reason that we're here and that we have the thrill of God and knowing who we are in him is that we're supposed to light that up in other people, that we're supposed to share Jesus wherever we go. And there's nothing greater, no greater privilege than knowing that you got someone into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of us have forgotten how cool it is that you share Jesus or invite one person to church, they tell their whole family, generations are changed and going to heaven because you shared your faith one time and invited someone in to get involved in the family of God. Isn't that cool? There's a thrill in that that we've forgotten because we're busy, we're busy, mortgages and payments and kids and da 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 And God's going, hey, remember the thrill of the mission. Invest in people, change lives. The only thing we can take to heaven with us is other people. None of that other stuff that you accumulate even matters. And here's how you do it. You start by showing love. You don't have to preach at people. You don't have to quote the Bible to them. Just start by showing love. See, I blew it the other day. I messed up. I admit it. I didn't show love. I had an opportunity and I was selfish. I blew it. I learned a lesson the other day. I went surfing with my friends. We went out in, in Hawaii Kai in the bay over there, surfing a reef break. There was a beautiful little wave. It was just me, my friend, and then one other friend came out. Three of us just sharing this one wave, and we just had it to ourselves for like over an hour. And we're loving life. I'm like, it's my day off. I don't have to deal with all the ministry and all this stuff. Like today's my Sabbath. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to get some good waves. This is so good. And then a boat pulls up, anchors, three guys jump off and paddle right into our spot. Oh, we've been there like an hour. That's our spot already. You should know that. Like no one else owns that spot, right? That's what we get as surfers. We're like all territorial. Like, no, I'm here. You can't be here. But three more people came and they crowded up the lineup. And I was bummed. I was like, ah, how's these guys? It's my day off. Come on. Like, what? You guys are going to ruin my day off. And so I was like, I was a little cold to them. Not mean. I wasn't verbal, but I was just like, "Mm." right? I was like paddling, catching waves, trying to not let them catch waves and stuff, you know? It's like, and my friend paddles over who I'd been out with, and we're paddling back to the boat already because we're just like, oh man, crowd's in the lineup now, paddling to the boat. And he goes, oh, you know those guys? I go, no, you? He goes, no. He goes, oh, but I think they know you. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I heard one of them saying like, hey, isn't that Carl? And I'm like, no way. And literally my heart just dropped because I was full cold shouldering them, snobbing them, the whole deal, right? And my heart just dropped and God just told me like, oh, it's your day off, huh? Love doesn't take a day off. I was like, oh, what? I felt so dumb and I felt so, you know what it was? It was a great reminder and reprimand from God that I'm, I have a mission, that there's a thrill when I can love people closer to Jesus. And I was totally just like, cold shouldering, snobbing these guys. So I went surfing with my son yesterday and I was a different guy. Like I was paddling in the water, smiling, hey. <laughs> and I wasn't like, I wasn't full on like Mr. Talkative, of like weirdo or like, I wasn't like fully throwing shakas at everyone because that's like a little weird. Like that's a little overly aggressive, like happy, like whoa. But I was throwing lots of eyebrows. You know what I'm talking about guys? Like the What's up, you know, which is like a mini form of the shaka, but like a little bit downgraded. It's like, oh, 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 just like kind of like giving everybody and like, hey, nice wave once in a while. Like, I was a different guy. Why? Because I realized that, that there's a thrill in me being part of the mission, the great commission that I need to just start by showing love to people every single place that I go. And that that is part of my busy years in life is wherever I go, whatever I do, uh, I want to love someone closer to Jesus Christ because I know how good he is in my life, and I want other people to have that. Amen? So remember that that is part of our mission as well. And I want to read you this, this verse in Ecclesiastes. I think this is a cool verse. It's written by Solomon. King Solomon, son of David, 
he asked, uh, God had, uh, spoke to him in a dream in a vision and said, hey, Solomon, whatever you want in life, I'll give it to you because you honor me. And Solomon said, man, I just became king of Israel. I'm scared. I feel like a little kid. I don't know what's going on. And so he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for, for status. He didn't ask for power. He asked for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. I just want wisdom. And God said, that is a really cool request. Because I've given, uh, you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you the money, the success, the power, the military strength, everything else as well. That's awesome. So they said Solomon became the, the wisest man around on planet Earth. Kings and people would come to visit him and just see, how does he know so much? It's because God gave him this uh, amazing ability, supernatural wisdom. Solomon writes a book, and it's called the Book of Ecclesiastes. And he basically addresses what is the meaning of life in this whole book. Go read it. It's interesting. It's like it'll play with your head a little bit, but it's cool. And in this whole questioning of, like, what is life all about, he says in, in chapter 5, verse 18, even so, I've noticed one thing at least that is good in life, he's talking about. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them. It's, it's, and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. In other words, what Solomon is saying is accept this season of life that you're in and enjoy it. Don't let distraction kill your thrill. Hey, hey, enjoy your life in the midst of your hard work and your toil as remember what's important in life and remember to enjoy yourself. Now, like I said, I like to watch movies a lot and I found this movie on Amazon Video, Amazon Prime or whatever. And um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a movie called Gleason. It's about this guy, um, NFL football player, played for the New Orleans Saints, uh, Steve Gleason. In 2011, he got diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, which basically means he knew that the, the, the road ahead of him was he was slowly going to be losing all movement and all function of his legs, his arms, his entire body, and he was going to be combined to a wheelchair, and it's a pretty high death rate. I mean, you lose control of even breathing unless you're on a machine, and he knew that was happening. 2011, super strong, fit NFL player gets diagnosed with this. Same year, he finds out his wife is pregnant. And expecting. And so he's like, oh, what do I do? And so he decides to make a documentary for his child that's not yet born so that he can show him who he was before the illness came on him and he can give him some lessons on life before he loses the ability to speak for himself. And it's this, this movie, Gleason. So here's a clip from it. I want to show you this video clip real quick. Watch this. I think it's such an amazing thing that both of you said to me yesterday, even if it rains, we have each other, our family and friends are going to be here. And isn't that really, as all us married people know, it's how we act, not when things are great, but how do we act when things are difficult? When I first got to know him, he had long hair and played for the NFL. I thought it was going to be a complete cheese ball. Steve Gleason was responsible for one of the most dramatic moments in New Orleans Saints history. Steve blocking the punt was like the rebirth of something really big. He was just like a superhero athlete, but also super smart. He was just the greatest thing I've ever met. I've been having some strange medical issues going on recently. I have been diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. This disease is almost always fatal. My first reaction was, he's telling me this, but I don't necessarily believe what he's saying. God, if you have some control over this, then save me. I don't want Michelle to be here by herself. Just because I'd have to help take care of him, it wasn't a big enough reason not to have all the beautiful things that baby bring to a family. I am making a video blog for you, my child. Hello. Hello. 
<laughs> hey, how are you? Oh, how are you now? My intention is to pass on as much of who I am as I possibly can to you. We're gonna do is really the coolest thing we can do together, right? That's right. That's a boy, Rivers. That's my boy. <laughs> I'm gonna be around, buddy, until you are able to stand on your own. It's not gonna be easy, but it's gonna be awesome. I believe my future is bigger than my past. It's easier to make a difference with the world versus the reality of hardness it is to maintain relationships. His main purpose now is being the best dad that he can be. That's all that matters is me passing myself to you. Family, friends, dating, obstacles, insecurities, religion, love. That's what dads do. They pass the best of themselves to their kids. That's an amazing movie. If you haven't watched it, go look it up. Dads Today on Father's Day, you watch that movie, you will be a better dad from watching that movie. It's amazing. It's, a, it's a, such a moving story of a guy. Listen to this. He recorded his voice before he went in and lost his voice. He recorded him saying a huge vocabulary of words so that he could form an alphabet basically that when now, as he lives in a wheelchair, he only communicates through the crazy technology of looking his eyes and he can spell out words, but when he says the words out and he talks through his eyes, it's recorded in his own voice before he lost his voice. So he can speak to his child and his wife in his own voice of who he really was. And what he does now as he, he lives, he started this foundation and he's raising all of this, this money to find a cure for ALS. But he lives, really, it says right here, to inspire people to make the most of their lives. Those with ALS, but also those without. And he has a quote, and we can throw that quote up there real quick. It just says, life is difficult. Not just for me or other ALS patients, but life is difficult for everyone. Finding ways to make life meaningful and purposeful and rewarding. Doing activities that you love and spending time with the people that you love. I think that's the meaning of this human experience. Now back to this little piece of paper right here. Here's another quote that Steve Gleason said. We all have a timeline, but most of us don't live like we have a timeline. See, Paul writes in Ephesians 5, be careful how you live, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Guys, adulting is hard work. Those of you in this situation, this season of life right now, it's absolutely hard work. It's very busy, life is busy and it's short, but it can be so awesome. Don't let the distractions kill your thrill. Remember the thrill from God. Remember the thrill from who you are created to be. And remember the thrill from the mission of loving people closer to Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we thank you for the life that we all have, as long or as short as it might be. Lord, we thank you that it is a gift and that we're expected to do something with it. Lord, I pray that this little piece of paper would be a reminder for us that, that we want to make the most of these years of our lives, that we won't, don't want to get so distracted that it all just flies by and, and we didn't really make an impact or have any kind of difference. And Lord, we don't want to live life so busy and defeated and distracted and bummed out and complaining and bitter all the time. But Lord, we want to find the moments to rejoice. Rejoice in you. Rejoice in the, the friends you've given us, the hobbies that we like to do, our personality, who we are, our identity. Don't ever let us lose our identity. 
Lord, also don't ever let us lose sight of loving other people towards you. Just loving them. Maybe not even speaking to them, but just living it out loud. There's, there's a thrill like no other in blessing someone's life and changing their life forever. I pray that you would help us to make the most of our lives. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning, maybe I'm speaking to a few of you that you've never made a commitment to God, really in a real way. And I'm not just talking about, well, I read the Bible before, I went to church before. That, that doesn't really get you what I'm talking about today. What, what you really want is a real, honest-to-goodness relationship with the God in heaven that loves you. Not religion, but a real God that, that just wants you to, to, to be close to him and do things his way and, and get to know him because he's so good. He has so much to show you in life. And if you're willing today to take a step forward in who you are and in your faith and just say, you know what, I, I think I need to become a Christian. I want to believe in God. I want to see what he could do in my life. I feel like my life is, is kind of meaningless. I don't really know the purpose. Well, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. If you're willing to, I'm not forcing this on anybody, but you want to make the decision to follow Jesus Christ, to, to become a Christian, to say yes to God, to really follow him and, and see his understanding and way and plans for your life, then man, I I believe that God's going to do some incredible things in your life. He's done them in my life. I live it out every day. He's real. This isn't a job for me. This is a calling. This is a relationship I already have with God. And if I wasn't doing this, I would still love God just as much. And if you want that too, I want to lead you in a simple prayer that would make God your God as well. Jesus would be the savior and friend in your life. Life will change forever starting now. If that's something you'd like to do, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. I'll pray the words out loud. You just pray him quietly under your breath to God. Just he needs to hear you in your heart. He judges our heart. He knows what's going on. He can read your mind in your heart right now. But I want you to make that commitment if if you really want to experience the life that that he's promised. And so here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to pray in a minute here out loud. And you just join me in this prayer. Make it the prayer of your heart to God. And God will begin to do some things. But I want to ask one thing. Everybody's praying right now in the room. Everybody's eyes are closed. Their heads are bowed. But if you want to pray that prayer with me to become a Christian right now, would you do one thing to let me know you're about to pray with me? Would you just raise your hand right now? No one else has to see you, but I want to see you. Would you like to say yes to God right now? I see a hand over here. I see you, brother. I see another one going up over there. Praise God. Anybody else? I see a hand over here. Unreal good. Anybody else that wants to make that decision right now? This is the greatest decision you'll ever make, I promise you. There's no shame. There's no, oh man, he loves you. Good, I saw those hands that were up right there. You can go ahead and put them down right now. And I want to just lead you in this prayer. Real simple, it goes like this. God, I want you in my life right now. I just, I need you. Tired of living life on my own and I realize life is short and I want it to be, I want it to mean something, but I need some help along the way. Lord, I know it's short here on earth, but as I'm saying yes to you right now, Lord, I know that there's an eternity with you waiting for me in heaven. So God, what I'm telling you right now is I don't want to live life by myself, for myself anymore. I want you. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my separation and sin um, that, I, that I was doing on my own, separation from God. So Lord, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to, to take my sin and to pay the price for me. And then he rose again on the third day, defeating death itself and defeating and overcoming all the issues in my life that he's gonna save me from and now have the promise of heaven. So Lord, I thank you for that. I believe in that. I received that gift of salvation. And Lord, I'm gonna go and and get a Bible and start learning about you and learn to pray and talk to you and, and, and listen to that worship music, not just as music, but as a way to call out and sing out to you and let you meet me there. Lord, 
help me get plugged into the family of God and give me some good Christian friends and Lord, help me get water baptized. Lord, everything that you have for me, my answer from the bottom of my heart right now is yes, I wanna follow you. I wanna be a Christian. And we thank you, God, because we know you're already receiving those people the second that they're asking in their hearts right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can we praise God for those people that said yes to him this morning? It's real good.